evening and welcome to Night Depot. My name is Apostle Milton Jones. I want to welcome you and thank you for joining us this evening. Man, I know that God has a great word in store for you tonight. He says, so go ahead and lean in. Lean in in expectation. We talked about this last week. What does expectation mean? You're looking for it or you're expecting. You're expecting something to happen. You're expecting to receive something. So go ahead and lean in and say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I believe you will speak a word to my life tonight that will ultimately change my life forever. I believe I receive in Jesus' name amen so what you just told him said father i'm expecting you to speak a word to me i believe i'm receiving you're taking it right now you're operating according to the kingdom you're confessing it out of your mouth because you believe it in your heart so let's get ready so you can receive that word we're going to make this declaration i'm going to make a declaration we're going to pray and we're going to jump right in in the name of jesus and according to isaiah 61 and 1 it says this it says the spirit of the lord god is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captain, to open the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the day of vengeance of our God, and to comfort all who mourn. He says, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. And they shall build the old waste, and they shall raise the former desolations, and they shall repair the waste cities, the desolation of many generations. Father, we give you glory, honor, and praise, and thank you for this opportunity in your word. Father, we thank you that our preaching and teaching will not be with enticing words of man's wisdom, but Father, let it be in demonstration of spirit and power. Holy Spirit, you're already welcome here. Come on in. Have your way in this service today. Have your way with us today in the name of Jesus. We're expecting manifestation, visitation, demonstration of the Holy Spirit and power right now. In Jesus' name, let us all say amen. Let's make this declaration together. Say, this is my Bible. Hold it up like you mean it. This is my Bible. The Bible is God speaking to me. The Bible is the truth. It reveals what I should think. It tells me how I should believe and it tells me how I should walk. The word of God is the most important thing. Say that with me again. The word of God is the most important thing. We talked about this before. Uh, Proverbs chapter four, verse seven says wisdom, godly wisdom is the principal thing, chief, most important above all things. He says, so get wisdom. He says, but in all you're getting, get understanding. And man, we've been talking, it's so important right now to get understanding. It's so important right now to get comprehensive understanding, get the knowledge of God, get comprehensive understanding, and get revelation or wisdom of God's word. Why? Because man, we're living in some times right now, you are going to have to know how to operate according to the kingdom of God if you're going to be successful. 
What? Say that again. You're going to have to know how to operate according to the kingdom of God so that you will be successful. Man, this whole series has been talking about you're at a point of decision. You're going to have to make a decision. You can't be on the fence. You can't be this way one day and be on that way with the next day. Man, you got to make a decision because there's so many things that are happening right now. And man, that doesn't even compare to the things that are coming. There's so many things that are at hand right now. You have to make a decision. Once and for all, man, I'm going to go God's way. There's no turning back. Man, the first, in fact, the first week, we've been talking about what does it mean to be born again? And we talked about it according to John chapter 3. And, how, and, and, and uh, John chapter 3, and Jesus is talking to Nicodemus, the r- religious ruler. And, and he, Nicodemus is telling him, hey, man, it, you uh, you must, we know that you are a, a, a teacher, a great teacher sent here by God and God is with you because no man can do the things that you're doing. And Jesus answered his question and said back to him, man, if you want to understand how I'm doing these things, you must be born again. He says, because if you're not born again, born again, meaning born from above, not talking about you being reborn physically out of your mother's womb, but you're being born again, according to your spirit, man, because you're, you're, you have the nature sin in your spirit. He says, man, when you get born again from above, you are regenerated. Your spirit is made new. He says, then, and only then will you be able to understand or perceive or comprehend God's way of doing things. Man, that's why so many people read the scriptures today. They may be reading it. They might be hearing it. And they hear, but they don't hear. And they see, but they don't see. And, 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 and I'm going to explain to you why that is. See, when you make a decision, you know what? I believe what the word says. Then it opens your eyes. Then when you said, man, I'm going to give attention to hearing what's being said, it opens up your ears. And man, when you say, I'm receptive to what the word is saying, then it opens up your heart. So when people can see, but they don't see, it's because they they have not made a decision to believe what the word of God says. When they hear, but they don't hear, it's because they have made a decision. I'm not going to give attention to that. Man, that's foolishness. And because you made a decision not to to get, to believe it, maybe because you made a decision not to give attention to it, you have hardened your heart. And it's just like anything else. It's like you when you get a callus on your hand from working out. When you, at the beginning, it was very sensitive, but man, over time, it became your calluses became hard. Your your skin became hard, and even when you're doing the same exercise that before would have hurt it, now because it's hardened, man, you could be doing the exact same thing and have no feeling whatsoever and that's the attitude that so many people have taken when it comes to the word of God so when they hear scripture or somebody's preaching the word or they're reading it man I ain't trying to believe that man I really not trying to give no attention to it so I'm going to block my heart off so I don't receive that foolishness because I think it's foolishness so when somebody is like somebody when they're talking to you it's like a ball and it's bouncing off and they're giving you biblical principles that will change your life forever. But because you made a decision not to believe it, you made a decision not to give attention to it. You made a decision to harden your heart towards it. It just bounces off of you like a ball. 
So after they made a decision, man, I will give my, I, I'm going to get, believe it. I'm going to give attention to it and I'm open to receive it. Then what happened? They said, Hey, Jesus said this, God so loved the world. John 3, 16, God so loved the world that whosoever believeth on him would not perish, but would have everlasting life. He says, okay, that's the God kind of life. He says, I've come to give you life, not to take life. John 3, 17 says this, God did not send his son Jesus into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved, healed, delivered, protected, made whole. But the choice is yours. That's why it says the point of decision. So once you make a decision, I'm going to become born again. Once you make a decision, I'm going to have my spirit regenerated renewed made brand new then your eyes will be open and your ears will be open to hear and your heart is open and ready to receive so you can hear the same word that a few minutes before you had no concept what that means but then all of a sudden it begins to you begin to get what's known as comprehensive in understanding or comprehensive insight which means you begin to understand to some degree what that word means or what that principle is are you with me so far then the next week we were talking about correction and how god corrects and that word correct means to what does it mean the word correct means to make right or to raise to a standard of truth. So God says in 2022, he says, I'm going to do four things. He says, I'm going to correct, which I'm going to, I'm going to make things right according to my kingdom God way of doing things. I'm going to raise a, a standard back to truth. He says, and then I'm going to direct. That word direct means I'm going to aim or I'm going to point you in a direction. Once you receive correction, it points you in the direction or in the way that you should go. And as a result of that correction, as a result of changing your direction, he says it's going to bring about protection. What is protection? Protecting you from evil, protecting you from all hurt, harm, and danger with the ultimate goal of perfection and what's perfection mean doesn't mean you're you're perfect in yourself it means he wants to bring all things to complete he wants to do what he wants to br to bring all prevent you from from any hurt harm or danger he wants to bring you to a complete state wanting or lacking nothing but he can't do it. He can't go against your will. And we talked about how when correction comes, he, he, how does God correct? He doesn't use chaos. He doesn't use calamity. He doesn't use sickness and disease. He doesn't use poverty. He doesn't use famine. What does he use? And according to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 15 and 16, it talks about how he uses his word. The word of God, every word of God is God breathed. And what is God inspired? for correction, for re reproof, for rebuke. And, and what does it do? It corrects your errors and brings you to a place of obedience. And, and what it does is when you make a decision to receive the correction, because somebody can give off a correction to you and you can like, I ain't trying to hear that. Man, get out of my face. I, I ain't trying to hear that. Or you can make a decision, man, you know what? I'm going to make a decision to receive the correction because the word of God says in Proverbs chapter three, whom the father loves, he 
disciplines or he corrects. He corrects you. Why? Because he loves you. So he wants to correct you with his word so he can change. Once you make the correction, it changes your direction to lead you away from the way that you used to go into the direction that you should go. See, that's the whole thing about when it talks about in Romans chapter 12 verses uh, 2, when it talks about don't be conformed or fashioned after this world, this current age, this system, this world's system way of doing things, but for you to be transformed, to be changed, how? In total renewing of your mind. Why? Because every action is preceded by a thought. What? Every action is preceded by a thought. You thought about it at some point in time. You might not have thought about it today. You might have you might have heard some words, and those words generated an emotion, and those emotions generated thoughts, and those thoughts generated decisions, and those decisions generated actions, and those actions generated a direction. So when you hear the word that comes for correction, it brings about emotions and then you begin to think about it and when you begin to think about it then you know that decisions have to be made and when decisions have to be made then you make an action those actions is going to change the direction which you are going he says so i'm going to bring about correction i'm going to bring about direction and it's for your protection why because we talked about it before you have an adversary out there and his whole mo or his mode of operation is to steal to kill and destroy so anytime you see any area in your life or any situation where there's killing or theft where you i mean as you are stealing or theft murder or killing or destroying or eliminating you already know that's the that's the work of the adversary. Now he might be using people to do it to carry out his assignment, but at the end of the day, he is the puppeteer behind it. And how does he do it? By shooting thoughts and suggestions to you that come those words that come to your mind that produce an emotion that brings about well you, you get the word you bring us about thoughts that will produce emotions, that will produce a decision, that will produce an action, and those actions bring about a result, good or bad. Do y'all see how all this works? It's so simple, a child can do it. So, but the ultimate goal behind the correction, the direction, and the protection is to bring you to perfection. And that word perfection, again, is to make things Whole, where you, there's nothing wanting or required. There's nothing wanting or required. It's the state of being perfect or complete or to be whole. Now, why am I telling you all this? Man, because we are living in dangerous times. I'm not trying to scare you. I just want to put you up on it. See, this is the thing about God. Before anything ever happens, he always tells you what's going to what's going on. That's why you have the Holy Spirit. Remember we talked about him last week. He is the GPS, the God positioning system. And what does he do? He leads you and guides you into all truth. He teaches you in all things. He brings back to your remembrance all the things that Christ has said of you. But what he also does, he shows you things to come so you should never be caught off guard because the holy spirit will always show you things 
to come. Now, turn with me, if you will, because we're talking about dangerous times ahead, uh, dangerous times that's going on. Turn with me over to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1, and we're going to be reading out of the Passion uh, Translation tonight, talking about dangerous times ahead. This is Paul talking his 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 young son Timothy about the dangerous times that are ahead. I'm going to share with you and see if you can see any of these things that are going on today. It says this, it says, but you need to be aware. I'm talking to you right now. The Lord is talking to you right now. And he says, you need to be aware that in the final days that the culture of society will become extremely fierce. He says, people will be self-centered, lovers of themselves, and obsessed with money. Can I get a witness out there? It says, they will boast of great things as they strut around in their arrogant pride and mock at all that is right. He says, they will ignore their own families. They will be ungrateful and ungodly. He says, they will become addicted to hateful and malicious slander. Slaves to the, he didn't say you was serving. He says, you're going to become a slave to their desires. He says, they will be ferocious, belligerent, haters of what is good and right. He says, with brutal treachery, they will act without restraint. He says, bigoted, wrapped in clouds of their deceit. He says, they will, fi they will find their delight in the pleasures of this world more than the pleasures of the loving God. And how many people can see that? People will find pleasures of the things of this world. When you talk about world, you're talking about this world's system or this world's age or this world's way of doing things. He says people will get so consumed in the things of this world that they will love the pleasures of this world more than loving, more than uh, pleasures of the loving God. He says, now, now check this out. Check this out. He says, they will be pretend. They will pretend to have a respect for God. But re in reality, they want nothing to do with God's power. He says, he says they are going to be so deceived in, in, in their own minds that they will, it, they will have an appearance like they respect God. But in reality, they want nothing to do with him at all. He says, from those kind of people, he's telling people in the body of Christ, he says, for those kind of people, man, stay away from them. Why? Because you're either one of two things is happening. Either you're effect, affecting them or they're infecting you. One of the two is going to happen. And, and, and it's so easy to compromise and lean. You want to, you want to, go along to get along man if you ask if you're talking saying to me hey in order for us to get along you got to compromise what it is you believe man god bless you the blood of jesus over you i'm not gonna do it why because ultimately at the end of the day i'm not i'm not really uh um uh when i say i'm not gonna compromise it's not because i have anything personally against you i just won't settle for anything less than god's best in other words if God's standard is here and he's bringing about correction so he can bring about direction that gives me protection, that brings me to perfection, why would you want anything less? You said, how do you know that people are deceived? How do you know that they're twisted in their own thoughts? Man, there's all kind of twisted thinking going on. Man, we're going to turn over to, to Isaiah chapter 5, 
verse 20, Isaiah chapter 5, verse 20. I'm reading out of the Amplified Version, the Amplified Classic. And it reads like this. It says, whoa, this is, this is the prophet Isaiah talking to the children of Israel. He says this. He says, whoa to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. In other words, they're flip-flopping. Man, it, it says it's supposed to be this way, but you're saying it's the other way around. And it's like, man, he, he goes on to say, he says, woe to those, listen to this, woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and prudent and shrewd in their own sight. Now, mind you, it sounds a whole lot like what Paul said to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 3, but these are hundreds of years in between. Do you see that? Hundreds of years in between. Isaiah is hundreds of years, he's prophesying this hundreds of years. He's talking to the children of Israel, and then Paul comes back hundreds of years later and gives this gives a similar warning, the same kind of warning to Peter. I mean, as you were to Timothy, he goes on and says, he says, woe to those who are mighty heroes at drinking wine and of, uh, uh, and men of strength and mixing alcoholic drinks. He says, this is what they do. He says, they justify and acquit the guilty for a bribe. In other words, the person is guilty, but you you tear me off a little bit of change, and man, that brother's gonna go, he's gonna go free. Why? Because I'm so shady, I bribe, I bribe the judge, or I bribe the attorney, or I bribe the prosecutor, and they reduce the charges, and the guy got off. He says, but he says, this is what happens. They justify and acquit the guilty for a bribe, but what they do, they take away the rights of the innocent and righteousness from them. So what are they doing? He says, I'm going to bribe to get this guy out, but this one person who's right, I'm going to come against him and I'm going to take away his rights from him. I'm, and he's innocent, but I'm going to take his rights away. And even though he's innocent, I'm going to find him guilty. Why? Because I have begun to lean, I become wise in my own mind and i'm saying there is no absolute truth there is an absolute truth ladies and gentlemen that absolute truth can be found in the word of god in jesus name now you said but that's just people who aren't in church now all the people we've been talking about up to this point are people in church let me talk to you about some other people who are in covenant are in relationship with god this is in the book of malachi chapter 3 so what I'm telling you, assuring with you, there's nothing new that's under the sun. All the all the stuff that's going on today, man, it's gone on before. People think they're doing something. Man, we're progressive. They'll say the the world will say we're progressive, and they'll tell believers you're regressive. But let me put you up on something. All the little things that you see going on right now, man, go back in the in the beginning, in in the, from the very beginning, from Genesis all the way. Up until the book of Revelation, you're going to hear about the same things happening over and over and over. And you're seeing what God is doing with people and how he's giving them his word. And he's giving them his Holy Spirit. And he's leading them and he's guiding them. And he's giving them chance after chance after chance. And he's showing mercy and he's showing compassion and he's giving them grace. But God cannot and will not violate his word. Turn with me over to Malachi chapter 2. 
verse 17. Still talking about people being twisted in their thinking. Malachi chapter 2, verse 17 says this. It says, you have wearied the Lord with your words. I mean, they're giving a whole bunch of lip service. You know, you're, you're, you're coming with all this stuff with your mouth. You're saying all these things. You ever heard somebody who talks a lot, but in, in reality, they have said very little. Or they talked a lot, but there was no substance to what it is that they're saying. They're saying here, it says, you have wearied the Lord with your words. Yet, you say... In what way have we wearied him? He says, you do it when by, you do it when by your actions you say, everyone who does evil is good in the sight of the Lord, and he delights in them. He says, how are you worrying God? How are you, how, you, you, you're saying that through your actions that everyone who does evil is good in the sight of God, and that's not true. Or by asking, where is the justice of God? In other words, what they're saying is, is you're, you, by your actions, you're saying everyone who does evil is good in the eyes of God. And that, that, ladies and gentlemen, that's simply not true. How do you know that? It says because the wages of sin is death. What does death mean? Separation from God. When you're not born again, you're operating in sin and you're you're literally separated or you're you have separated yourself from god does that mean god doesn't love you nope does that mean god's not good to you nope but that was that what does it mean if you don't make a decision to become born again or receive the free gift that he's made available for you you will stay separated from him for an eternity if you don't make that decision before you die, you will be separated from him for an eternity. And he does not want that for you. Let me listen to me when I'm saying it to you again. He does not want that for you. That's why he sent his son Jesus to pay the sin debt for you. You said, will sin send me to hell? You know what, you know what will, will, will separate you from God? Not receiving Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Not just praying a prayer, but actually receiving him into your heart as your Lord and Savior, and then you submitting your life to him as you become a disciple, you become a student of the word of God, and you begin to get the word of God. And we talked about what it means to be a true disciple, it means to get, hear the word, believe the word, receive the word, speak the word, do it. How? Every day. John chapter 8, 32 talks about how if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. Continuing that word means you're adhering to it. You're applying it to your everyday life. It's your mode of operation. It is your manual of operation going forward from this day forward. Whatever the word of God says, that's what you apply to your life. If it's, in, if it's applicable to you. Man, and so many people are treating the word of God like a buffet line. You know what you do at a buffet line? You take a little bit of this, but you leave that because you don't want them Brussels sprouts and you don't you don't want them radishes. But man, give me that apple pie all day, Botna. I'm all up on that, right? But that's not how it works with God. God's thing is, I've given you 100%. I expect you to give me 100% too. Going on, still talking about people who have, even though they were in a relationship with God, they still made a decision 
to get twisted in their thinking and begin to look at God the wrong way. And see, let me tell you something. Well, let me read this and I'm going to share it with you something that God shared with me. Malachi chapter 3 verse 13 says this. Still talking about people who are twisted in their thinking. He says, your words have been strong against me, says the Lord. And yet you say, what have we spoken against you? And this is what God says. You have said it is useless to serve God. And what is the profit if we keep his orders and walk gloomily and as in, if in mourning and pearl before the Lord of hosts? In other words, what is the benefit? What is the gain if we keep your word? What's the profit or what use is it if we obey your word? Man, it is useless. These are people who God has already delivered them out of their situation and circumstance, and he's given them his word. It says, man, this is my word. Adhere to it. Live your life according to it. And when you do, man, blessings come on you left, right, and center. But this is what the people say. It's usually useless to, to serve God. And what's the profit in it? So this is what they made a decision to do. They said, and now we consider the proud. Who's the proud? Those who aren't following God. And the arrogant. Who's the arrogant? Those who have become wise in their own minds. He says, glory to God. He says, to, he says is arrogant to be happy. He says, we're seeing evildoers People who aren't even saved, people who aren't even born again, people who aren't even trying to follow you, people who don't even want to do it your way. Man, we're seeing them. They are happy. They seem to be favored. He says, evildoers are, they're exalted and they're prospering. He says, and yes, and even when they test you, God, he says, they escape unpunished. And they not, it don't even sound like they talking to him, you know, respectfully. It sounds like they talking to him with some attitude. You know, look, look, God, look, man, I'm seeing people who ain't even born again. They live better than me. They drive a better car than me. Man, they wear nicer clothes than me. Man, it seems like they, they got it all going on. But, man, if you ever have time, go over and check out uh, Psalms 37. When it talks about, man, he says, don't even get caught up. But what it is, he says, because it seems like they got everything going on. But see, that's the thing the adversary wants you to think. They want you to get so focused on the little ball here. Look at the look at my hand. Don't pay attention to this hand. Look at what's going on in this head. And with this hand, he's shanking you because he knows that if you continue to walk that way and live that way, he knows that judgment day is coming. He knows there's going to be a point in time when you're going to have to stand before God and give an account for your life, what you did in his life, whether you followed God or not, whether you received Jesus or not, whether you submitted yourself and carried out the plan that God had for your life. The adversary knows. So what does he do? He keeps you distracted with toys. It's the same thing you do with a kid. You ever seen a photographer trying to take a picture of a little kid? You know what he does? He takes a little stuffed animal and he makes a wee, 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 all kind of little funny noises and kind of faces and everything. Give a little boo-boo. And while boo-boo's looking at the camera, he goes, he takes the picture. And while you're sitting there caught up looking at, you know, the lips, hips, and fingertips and, and shoulders and hair and, and, and somebody tearing off some money and somebody driving a nice car, are living in a fancy house, man, this life compared to eternity is like but a drop in the bucket. 
And these people said, man, it ain't, you know, it ain't worth serving God. But God says, but then he says, the first group was talking about it's useless, it's pointless, it's profitless, profitless to serve God. But then there was another group, and that's the group God is calling you to be in. God's calling you. He's at, he sent me to, to you. He, it, you know what? It's funny. Years ago, I, my email, I had an email address, and the name of that email address is called to you. And when people would hear that, why is it called to you? He says, because, and I said this, because when people are praying, they're calling me to them so I can come and speak a word to them and whatever word God gives me to speak to them that will change their life forever. He says, but then there's another group. God says, there's another group. Those who feared God, that word fear means reverence him. They honored him. They loved him, the Lord. And they talked often one with another. And the Lord, while they were while while you're talking one with another about the goodness of God, the favor of God, the love of God, the faithfulness of God, when you're talking about God, you know what God does? He listens, and he heard what it is that they said, and a book of remembrance. He's writing it down in a book. Was written down before him of those who reverenced him and worshipfully feared him. And the Lord feared the Lord and who thought on his name. So you can have people, even people who say they're believers, even people who say that they're born again, who will begin, they will begin to look at the situations and circumstances and all these things that are going on around us because we're, we're living in dangerous times. And it seems like all H E double L is breaking out and people are acting a fool and, and lost their cool. And, and this is happening and that's happening. And this is happening. And they began, man, it's useless and it's pointless to serve God. So what used to be right, man, we're going to say is wrong. And what used to be wrong, we're going to say is right. And it says, and they are caught up and consumed and they're wise in their own eyes. He says, but woe to that person. In other words, you better watch out because there is judgment that's knocking at the door of their house and it's coming. And God is telling you and he's warning you and he's having pastors and prophets and evangelists and teachers. And he's saying, sound the alarm. He says, because I don't want them to get caught. He says, so I'm going to have a whole year of correction to, 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 to make things right. And he says that I'm going to bring about direction that's going to aim you in the way that you should go so that you can be protected when you're protected from all evil, hurt, harm, and danger that will come to you as a result of having wrong thinking. He said, until it brings you to a point of perfection where you're whole and you're complete, lacking nothing. It says this in Job chapter 5, verse 17. It says, behold, happy is the man whom God corrects or sets right or raises a standard of truth in their life. Therefore, do not despise the chastening of the Almighty. Why? Because God loves you. Remember, Jesus came that you might have life in abundance to the full till it overflows. Remember, the thief, we already talked about it, he comes to to steal, to kill, and destroy. But Jesus came that you might have life in abundance to the full until it overflows. See, the one thing that most people don't understand is you have an adversary. And one of the greatest things he did is convince the people, even, even people who are in the church, that he doesn't 
exist. But he does. Remember, I told you there was something that God shared with me that I'm going to share with you. See, Satan or Diablos is his name, which which talks about he's an accuser. He accuses the brother. He accuses. Check this out. He accuses you and me before God. But he accuses God to you and me. So when you miss it, he said, when you come in prayer and you're praying and you sin, but you ain't acknowledge your sin, he goes before God says, see, Bobby, he don't qualify. Why? Because he did this and Bobby did that and he did this and he did that and he did this and he did that. Who did he do that with? He did that with Job. He went before God and he accused Job of all these kind of things. And Job only serves you, God, because he, you know, because you got this hedge of protection around him and because you blessed him so much. But God, if you, if you stop blessing Job, if you stop protecting Job, he's going to curse you to your face. So he's, he's accusing Job before God. But what do you mean he accused God before us? Remember Adam and Eve when they was in the garden back in Genesis chapter 3? How uh, he, the serpent adversary comes and he says, Can you eat of every tree, any of the trees of the garden, even of his garden? And Eve was like, Man, we can eat of every tree of the garden of this, of, of this garden except this one tree. And that's the tree uh, that's of the, the knowledge, the tree with the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. The day we eat of that, man, we shall surely die. What did, what did the adversary say to her? You should not die because God knows that the moment you eat of that fruit, you're going to be just like him. In other words, God lied to you and he lied to you because he don't want you to be like him. That's him accusing God before you. What's his ultimate goal in accusing God before you and accusing you before God to bring about division? To bring about separation, to get you so caught up that man, you better not get saved. You better not give your life to God, because if you do, your life is gonna be over. If you do, He gonna do this to you, and He gonna do this. And you remember your when your cousin got sick, man, God did that. And remember that when when that time when you wanted that job and you didn't get that job, God was a no 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 no. Everything, every good gift, James chapter one talks about every good gift and every perfect gift comes from the father above in him there is no variation from changing god changes not god is he, he there's no evil in god god doesn't tempt you with evil neither is he tempted with evil but people are tempted with evil when they're drawn away in james chapter 1 verse 12 drawn away and enticed in their own lust and their own desires god is not god is never your problem but he is your solution so the adversary, he is accusing. He will accuse you before God. How do you know? It says this in, in Revelation chapter 12, verse 9. It talks about this. It says, so the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called, called what? The devil and Satan. What does Satan do? He goes about deceiving the whole world. He was, he was cast to earth. And his angels were cast out with him. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation is strengthened, and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. Listen, for the accuser of our brethren. What is he? He's accuser of the brethren. So what does he do? He accuses you before God day and night. 
He will accuse you to other people. He will accuse other people to you. What's this whole thing? It's to bring about division, to bring about strife. Why? Because wherever there's envy and strife, according to James chapter 3, there is confusion and every evil work. And he, and he also accused them before our God day and night. So Satan accuses you before God day and night. He has been cast down. Now, what's the awesome thing about it? You can overcome him. In fact, if you have received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you have already overcome him. How do you overcome him? It tells you this. We overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. When Jesus laid his blood down on the sea and we believed on what it is that he did, that we overcame the adversary by the blood and by the word of our testimony. What's our testimony? Man, we believe that Jesus paid the price on Calvary's tree, laid down, shed his blood for the remission of sins, was raised on the third day, is seated into heaven, laid his blood on the on the mercy seat, and is seated at the right hand of the Father. We testify that we believe it, and we did not even love our life to the death. What does that mean? What does it mean when he accuses you? He charges you, and he 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 charges you. He he and he wants to indict you. He wants you to be impeached. He wants to bring all these accusations against you. Why? Because he's a liar. He's a liar. It doesn't say that he wants to lie. It says he is the father of lies. It is his nature to lie. There's no truth in him. He is a liar. He's an accuser. He is a liar. But Jesus says this. He says, but you can overcome him. If you accepted me and accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, he says, you've already overcome him. You've overcome him. Why? Because you believe what my blood did when I shed it on the cross. He says, you have overcome him when you made your testimony that you believe what it is Jesus did for him on the cross. You believe that that blood washed your sin away. You believe that you're now a citizen of the kingdom of God. You believe you're in right standing with God. And that's your testimony. John chapter 8 says, this is, this is where we're ending. It says this. It says, this is talking about people who are religious, but they did not believe Jesus. They did not believe what he said. They did not believe he was the son of God. They did not believe he was a son of man. They believed he was, he was possessed with a devil. But Jesus said this, and they wanted to murder him. But this is what Jesus said to them. John chapter 8 verse 44 says this. You are of your father who? The devil. And it is your will to practice what? The lust and gratify the desires, which are the characteristics of your father, the devil. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in truth. He cannot tell the truth. Why? Because there is no truth in him. There's no truth in him. Listen to me. There's no truth in him in him when he speaks a falsehood he speaks what is natural to him it's natural for him to lie he cannot tell the truth why for he is a liar and he is the father of lies 
and all that is false. So when you're saying good is now evil and evil is now good, you are operating according to what is false, according to falsehood, what is a lie. When you say there's no benefit, it's useless to serve God, that is a lie and is not a part of the truth. The truth is this. There is an adversary who wants to steal, kill, and destroy you. He says, but Jesus said, I came to give you life and life in abundance to the full until it overflows. But you have to make a decision to receive what it is he's made available to you. So these last four weeks, what has he been telling you? What has he been doing? He says this. He says, I'm correcting. Bring it, make it things right. Bring it back to a standard of truth according to his word. I'm directing, pointing you in the way you should go. Just like, remember, we talked about Siri. What happens if you're using GPS and you get off route? What is this? Rerouting, and it reroutes you in the way you should go. And what is he trying to do? He wants to protect you. God wants to protect you. He wants to protect you from all hurt, harm, and danger, from all evil, destruction, and plague. God wants to protect you. But you have to receive the correction so you can make go in the right direction that will ultimately bring about perfection. What is perfection? A state of being whole and complete, wanting and lacking for nothing. But remember we talked about it all begins with a decision. That decision is to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Remember, we overcome him by the blood of the lamb because we believe what that blood did when he shed it on the cross. We overcome him by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testament. What's our testimony? We confess that we believe that Jesus is Lord. We confess that he shed his blood. And we confess that he was raised from the dead. And we confess he sitting at the right hand of the father. And we are now born again. Come on. Make that make that confession with me. Make it make make the decision today, man. I'm see, receiving correction. My eyes are open because I believe it. My ears are open because I'm giving attention to it. My heart is open and ready to receive it. Now let's make let's act out on it. Will you will you lean in and do that with me right now? Say this prayer with me. Say it out of your mouth. Mean it from your heart. Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus. I do believe Jesus Christ is the son of God. I believe he died for me on the cross and carried my sins for me. I believe he was put in a grave, but now he's risen. He's alive right now. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and save me now. I repent of sin. I'm sorry, Lord, and I receive your offer of forgiveness. Right now, I'm born again. Right now, I'm in right standing. Right now, I've overcome the adversary. And right now, I am a citizen of the kingdom of God. In Jesus' name, we pray with thanksgiving. 
amen and amen and amen man if you pray that prayer for the very first time man i want to welcome you welcome you welcome you welcome you back into the kingdom of god welcome you back into right relationship welcome you welcome you into right position now what do you do now what's the next step man you got to get in a word-based church here at ignite depot man we want to we will invite you to come join us man we're going to be online here again next week come join us right here online in jesus name we're here at six o'clock every saturday evening and we recap this whole uh broadcast again on thursdays at 6 p.m so catch us if you're if you catch us on youtube catch us on facebook catch us on twitter man if you if you're too far away pick up that pick up your phone go to apple Podcasts or amazon or google podcast or spotify type in ignite the number two life that's ignite the number two life podcast and man hear this message and all the other messages we've given before this man on behalf of pastor Juin and myself and the entire night nation want to thank you for joining us tonight and remember you overcome him by the blood of the lamb that jesus shed on the cross and the word of your testimony if you believe it in your mouth if you could believe it in your heart and confess it out of your mouth you shall be saved have a great evening we'll see you next week god bless you bye-bye